Hello and welcome to another episode of the Wrong Football Podcast. My name's Dan, I'm here with G, the editor of the wrongfootball.com, and we're here to talk all things American football again this week. I hate marine mammals. Week three is in the books, so we're going to be taking a look back at some of the best games of the week, and we're also going to have a look ahead to next week's matchups, including the first of this year's London games. Uh, but first, let's have a look through some of the talking points of this week throughout the NFL. Uh, how you doing, G? You okay? Everything good? Yeah, not too bad. I mean, obviously, we're mortal enemies for the week, so that could produce an interesting dynamic for the pod. But apart from that, doing well. Absolutely, yeah. So we, uh, yeah, as you'll probably gather throughout this uh, this podcast, um, the my dolphins and these will play each other tomorrow. No, I can't do impersonations of dolphins. Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's have a yeah. As I say, you, you throw me all over the place. Today. Who day? Uh, let's, Who day? Let's uh, have a look at uh, some of the talking points of the week. So the first one. Um, Let's have a look at the protests that are being held in North Carolina. Um, they are turning the heads of the players. I don't want to get kind of too political and, 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 and really deep in, in the podcast because it is a, a light-hearted bit of fun, this podcast generally. Um, but the situation of uh, obviously regular civil unrest within North Carolina, um, there's, there's been strong protests and there was a, there was a, there was a protest at the, uh, the Bank of America Stadium before Sunday's game with the Vikings uh, for the, obviously, um, against the police. Uh, with the killing of multiple uh, potentially unarmed black men. Um, the mayor classed the event as an extraordinary event uh, and allowed it to go ahead with increased police presence, uh, even though they were kind of saying at the time that it might be it might potentially be called off. Um, but it was there's, there's a big link here, isn't there, obviously, to the, uh, the Colin Kaepernick thing. Uh, it's the huge social story in the States at the moment. You've got the big yeah. political story, obviously, with uh, their elections coming up. Um, and... The thing that you get, the impression you get listening to what's coming out of the States is that a lot of people are saying that this is not new things. It's just in this day and age of cameras everywhere, we are more aware of what's going on. And you had sort of the contrast between the recent bomber in the in New York getting arrested um, and, and, and fine, and then an unarmed um, black um, motorist just lost down in Oklahoma get shot and it's just you can see that there are clearly problems and to say all police are evil or that all you know it's just as a folly as to say that, that all black people are criminals so it's it's you can understand why there is such um frustration and you would prefer it to be a peaceful protest but equally a protest is nothing if people don't pay attention obviously colin kaepernick's been feeding into that it, we've seen more and more players taking knees raising fists um you had the Martin Luther King quote on the back of Cam Newton during warm-ups. Uh, they're sort of very heavily regulated what they can wear during the game, but in warm-ups they're a lot more free. And I think he was making a statement about what's going on. And it can't not be affecting those um, players in that community with what's going on down there. And you'd like to think football is something that can bring people together. I mean, the only good news... I'm sure the only good news, but one of the good news news bits coming out of this is that um, you see news stories about not just these protests happening, but people trying to take steps. And I know I fairly certainly it was the Dolphins that I was retweeting about um, recently that their players not only were protested, but were put in contact and were working with um, local charity of their owners to, you know, help foster relations between police force and the black community and it's those kind of conversations those town hall meetings where hopefully things can start to develop so things do change yeah i hadn't heard that i didn't realize the uh, the dolphins were doing that i really hope it's for dolphins i'm fairly certain is and i might check my twitter timeline to confirm it (laughs) yeah well the the, the quote on the back of uh, cam newton's uh Jersey on the uh, on on during the warm up on Sunday was injustice somewhere is a threat to justice everywhere Martin Luther King I say 
It's a very deep quote, isn't it? And I think it, I think it really does speak volumes for for what's going on. It's a very aptly chosen quote, and for a player who we often have a little fun with with his um, his dress sense and, and his pre and post game <laughs> outfits. Yeah, absolutely. Not to mention the whole super camp. It was a really well chosen quote and very apt in considering the situation. Yeah. Well, without uh, wanting to kind of get too uh, too deeply into it, let's let's move on to another uh, another another topic. And this one's a little bit more light hearted, and it really uh, looks at uh, Carson Wentz. What a start he's had. He's uh, three games. He's led his uh, Philadelphia Eagles to, to be in three and zero, unbeaten start. I know you've written about him on the pod. Uh, I haven't managed to, to watch him yet, um, yet so far. What's uh, what have you what have you made of him? Well, I'm quite impressed that I wrote about him on the pod. I'm fairly certain you misspoke <laughs> and meant, meant um, that I wrote about him on the blog. But that's all right. It's kind of a mistake I expect out of a dolphin. Um, <laughs> I'm enjoying myself. I'm sorry, my friend. I love you really. Um, no. I've been really very impressed with him. Um, it, I keep hearing slightly differing things in terms of... I was listening to Ron Jaworski on the MMQB podcast, um, just coming home from work. And he was talking about how important arm strength is. And I often feel that it's sort of overrated once you get past functional strength. And he's got good arm. I'm not sure it wows you like some of the throws, say... You know how Cam Newton seems to be able to make these ridiculously powerful throws, falling over sideways whilst getting hit by three defensive players not that kind yeah. of arm but he stands in the pocket he delivers he's really accurate and, is, and for me that's the most important thing he's really accurate and he's in a great situation at the moment I'm really impressed with um, both um, Doug Pedersen and the offensive coordinator whose name temporarily escapes me um, who've put together a really good game plan and they're not asking him to do too much it's um, not that it simplifies he's in total control of the offense and that's the really impressive thing is that mm. but he, it's all three five step drops very quick reads um you see him sort of one, two, and out in terms of looking through his options. But it's not like it's overly simple. It's just a very clearly defined, well-executed offense. And yeah. I'm really, really impressed with this game against the Steelers. I haven't had a chance to watch to it, and I'm hoping that I, I, I get to because I was really impressed with his opening two games. But the big question was, what's he going to do against a really good defense? Now, there are some questions about the Steelers' rush attack, but boy, did the Eagles ever do a number against the Steelers. Yeah, well, so far three games in, seven hundred and seventy-nine passing yards, five touchdowns, sixty-six completions out of one hundred and two attempts. Um, he's doing all right, and, and obviously he was, he was second second overall pick this year in the twenty sixteen draft. If you're the Rams, having picked Jared Goff, do you think are you kicking yourself? I mean, they've done all right, but are you kicking yourself? It's way too early for that. Um, the question is going to be both of the Rams for picking Goff and the Browns for trading down when they could have picked Wentz themselves. However. I don't think he's going to be one of these players that has two great games and it all falls apart. I think he's going to be a really good player. But there's nothing to say that Goff could sit for the entire year and still go on to have a stellar career as an NFL quarterback. You, mm. you, Carson Palmer sat for a year for the Bengals. It used to be a time where you just didn't play. Aaron Rodgers sat for three years. It doesn't necessarily mean mean for you to have to be good that you have to go in straight away. And in fact, it could be a detriment to you if you're put in too early and you get um, either the confidence knocked out of you and you start hearing footsteps from the rush or you start seeing things and, and it knocks your confidence. It's it's. I think we have to be careful about judging things too quickly. I know I'm always trying to be the voice of reason and and sitting here saying it's too early to tell, but it really is too early to tell. Yeah, fair enough. Well, it's we we obviously there on a bye week next week, so he's going to be one of the one of the few quarter, rookie quarterbacks that's uh, going into week five unbeaten. So 
yeah, fair play to him. Yeah, no, he's done really well. Um, actually, in fence, all the young um, um, mm. quarterbacks have done well, well. And you talk about him being in a bye week and going unbeaten, but who's to say Trevor Simeon won't win? Fair point. Right, so we've just finished week three, and the games are now uh, obviously in the books. We've watched a few of them, as we always tend to do, you know, being a podcast and all that. Um, the Houston Texans went to the New England Patriots on Thursday night uh, for the first game. That was the uh, the Thursday night uh, colourish game of the week. Um, as the scoreline would suggest, it was a very one-sided game. They ended up uh, 27-0 to the uh, New England Patriots. Uh, Rob Gronkowski was back uh, for the Patriots, missed a couple of weeks, uh, but he, he was obviously back... Um, in the uh, in, in the fold for, uh, for the Patriots, uh, but Grappolo was was still out, uh, so Jacoby Brissett got his first start. Um, yeah, he's doing all right, isn't he, Jacoby Brissett so far? Yeah, I mean, he didn't have an outstanding game on the night. Um, he only made eleven of nineteen passes, but it turns out he sprained his thumb in the second quarter. Um, yeah. He ran a twenty-seven yard touchdown in, um, and he did enough to win. And that's enough against a defense that um, was looking pretty good for most of his season. I love the stat that I saw this week of uh, quarterbacks who make their league debuts in the Bill Belichick five and zero. That's, that just that speaks volumes, doesn't it? I think when we were talking earlier in the week, and I was trying to say, I never wish um, injuries on any player, particularly in this game where it's such a risky sport. But part of me does kind of want to see Julian Edelman start at quarterback, or at least play <laughs> some snaps and see if, if Bill Belichick is just good enough to make even a wide receiver who hasn't played in like 11 years or something ridiculous, you know, a functional NFL QB. Yeah. Well, Houston had a very clumsy day. Um, a couple of special teams errors, uh, a couple of fumbles, uh, and some an interception. Um, and JJ Watt had a, had one of his JJ Who days, didn't he? Well, it's interesting you say his JJ Who days. Like this is a regular thing, but um, it, no, well, it, ha- it occasionally does happen. I think it was such a good question for me in terms of listening to another podcast that shall remain unnamed because I can't just keep listening to the opposition on this pod. But. Um, <laughs> I, one of the things that was interesting to me that I heard, heard was him saying that um, the Patriots always play J.J. Watt very well. So given that, yeah, he didn't have an outstanding game and certainly didn't turn up particularly in the, in the box score, that's actually my coaching tape for this week, which I've already started. Mm. I'm looking at what the um, Patriots did against Watt. So I've only done the first quarter, so I don't want to sort of um, ruin my article that will be up at the weekend and you know we'll comment about it next week's pod, I should imagine, once I've seen it all. But um, yeah, they certainly seem to have done a number on him. Yeah, um, Lamar Miller had a good, quite a good day, didn't he? Obviously, he's just uh, settling into uh, to life at the uh, the Texans. Um, obviously, left the, uh, the the mighty Dolphins during uh, the over the summer. Uh, managed to rush eighty yards, uh, and he also received twenty seven yards as well from four catches. Yeah, um, sort of demonstrating the confusion that I think a lot of you Dolphins had had about why he didn't get more carries in Miami. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Um, yeah, uh, he he did okay in what was a pretty ineffective overall offensive game for the Texans. Um, mm. To be honest, they were ineffective in all three phases of the game. The, the Patriots just outcoached them and outplayed them in every, in every phase of the game. But um, he did at least generate some offense for you, but they were just unable to sustain much. And, and the incredible thing for me was that they didn't even get into the um, Patriots' half of the field until the third quarter. Did they, I didn't notice that. Yeah, no, no. I, I was paying attention and, and, and sort of sat there going, I don't, and, and luckily it came up in commentary. I was sitting there thinking, I'm sure they haven't been in there half, you know. <laughs> That's crazy. Well, we both picked this one wrong. Uh, we, 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 for some reason, both thought that the uh, the Texans would, would, would take this. Or, or well, at least I, that, so I thought the Texans would play better and at least yeah. cover. And 
I thought Downton, a third, third string quarterback, um, that Bill Belichick, you know, would be competitive because he always is. But this was like one mm. obstacle too many. But they had the answers for for the um, pass pressure. There really wasn't a lot. And yeah, who's going to count out against Bill Belichick? I'm certainly not going to pit the Patriots again, even if it does mean that the Bills bite me next week. <laughs> well, I think my exact words were: I refuse to believe that the uh, the New England Patriots are going to go four and zero without Tom Brady. And bearing in mind they're now three and zero, I suppose that means I've got to pick against them this week. Yeah, it? yeah, particularly, <laughs> yeah. But but that does mean pinning your hopes on Rex Ryan. Excellent. Well, uh, yeah. Moving on, um, the Cincinnati Bengals got some losing practice in this week. Uh, so it was uh, the the we're playing the uh, the Denver Broncos, uh, hosting the Denver Broncos. The uh, final score in this one was twenty nine seventeen. Um, it's all starting to get a bit wobbly for the Bengals, isn't it? Especially with uh, with a, with a huge game against the mighty Dolphins uh, on 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 Thursday night. I'm not panicking. I'm really not man- panicking because we've had a really difficult start to the season. We were on the road for our first two games, and then we're at home against a um, reigning Super Bowl champion. Yes, they have a rookie quarterback, but um, we had perfect suspended the defense is still mm. playing well but they were very much the game plan was we think you're a young quarterback with an excellent running game we're going to stack the box and Dage beats us with with your arm and they beat us with his arm he's proved to be even better than I thought he was I thought he was a good game manager but I did not expect him to make some of those deep throws and no I'm not thrilled to be one and two but I'm not panicking yet um we're beginning to get um some of our players back it sounds like Tyler Eifert will be a game time decision um against the Dolphins and we've got um, Burfitt who makes a big difference to that defence coming back and so yeah I'm not happy about it but I think this is much to do with the Broncos picking up from last year that defence still being really good yeah. we've got a lot of young parts on offence which are not quite gelled yet um, I'm not pressing the panic button yet but obviously I would have liked things to I would have liked one more win but if we come out of this opening four games at 2-2 two and two, I'm really not so worried that's all right. Um, you won't, but yeah, that's all right. Um, going into this uh, this game, I thought you might struggle. Um, obviously, Andy Dalton went into the game as, as well, the most sacked quarterback in the league, and Von Miller's, well, he's been known to be pretty much a one-man sacking machine, but they you kind of kept it fairly quiet and actually didn't manage to, to sack that much. It was at the end of a game where we had to pass because we were playing catch-up and we'd given up that long touchdown, but they were able to tee off and really come after us, but... Mm. The line's beginning to get there. There's a lot of good talk about how our right tackle is improving um, a lot. It's is He essentially redshirted last year due to injury. And so, although he's having something of a baptism of fire, he's learning a lot and, and he's coming on. And yeah, for the most part, he did okay. It, it's hard to stop anybody when um, as good as Von Miller when you know that the pass is coming and he can just go. So... Yeah, the defense is really, really good. We were able to run on them. I think we're struggling in in the red zone just because of not have quite having the timing down, missing Tyler Eifert. I'm not panicking yet, but it does need to come together in the next few weeks. But the schedule, you know, once we get these next few weeks out, evens out a bit for us towards the end of the season. Yeah, um, well, the lead was kind of it was a back and forth game all the way through the game, right until the uh, late in the fourth quarter when the Broncos really took control of it. Um, and, and Trevor Simeon, like you've, like you've already said, had a, had a fantastic game with a passer rating of 132.1, um, made 23 of, of 35 attempts, got four touchdowns and 312 yards. Yeah, it was a much closer game than the end, the end result indicates just because um, it, was, it was two touchdowns and they pulled away late. 
but um, Trevor Simeon, I think I'm really quite impressed with him. Um, I think he's doing very well. I think it's another thing of an accurate quarterback listening to coaching with a coach who's doing really one good things with his team. And so, yeah, I'm... I'm very impressed with him, and I think the Broncos, I thought they'd take a step back this season, and it looks like they're going to be as competitive as they were last. I, I think it's one of those where the expectation was, was fairly low for him, shall we say, before the season started. I was impressed with him during the preseason, and he won that job. You know, mm. he won that job, and we all make jokes about um, Mark Sanchez and the butt fumble, but he beat he's you know an experienced quarterback and he was beaten out by Trevor Simeon and yeah. the Broncos know what they're doing and I'm really beginning to believe that John Elway is going to keep them competitive for a while yeah well I uh, I picked this one correctly uh, I got the uh, the Broncos and got this one right which was uh, excellent that was one point for me one of very few um for both uh, of us yeah absolutely <laughs> terrible <laughs> week weeks, we had two weeks in a row um so moving on to yeah, the next game, when does a win not feel like a win when it's an overtime win against the Browns? Uh, the Miami Dolphins uh, beat the Browns after overtime, 30 points to 24. It uh, really didn't feel like a win. Um, <laughs> The, uh, the 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 quote of the uh, of the day, which uh, which made me made me chuckle as I was watching the game with uh, with my wife, uh, was they look like running turds. <laughs> not a fan of the uniform. <laughs> No, she doesn't like that one. Um, we should a, state, yeah. for the record, that your good lady wife is, in fact, a Bengals fan. So you should be hearing all about the game on Sunday, I've no doubt. Well, that's it. She she, picked, she chose me in the first place. She can't she can't be uh, be perfect in everything. So she's got to support the Bengals. Um, the uh, it was quite an interesting game. Uh, it was one of these games that uh, that that. Uh, again, had was 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 very back and forth. Uh, the early part of the game, especially, uh, was very back and forth. Right, uh, right off from the beginning, uh, Tannehill threw an interception uh, on the second play, uh, and we were able to uh, to win it back through a fumble three plays later. Quite clumsy, the both of both of these teams. Yes, I mean the big story for me out of this game, and the one that everybody's talking about, is Terrell Pryor. Terrell who Pryor, yeah, rushed, passed, received, and played some snaps on defense. I'm not sure how yeah. many, but at least one on as a safety. Yeah, after after Q one, Pryor was he was the, he was leading the Browns in passing, receiving, and rushing. I don't know if that's ever happened. Um, there's some lots of talk about um, the first guys to play both ways in a very long time. And yes, no, um, it, it was it, put it this way for the Browns. Um, I'm really cross with myself for picking the Dolphins. Um, I bought into um, the sort of the, the narrative surrounding them that you know this was just one thing too many, and I should have had more faith in Hugh Jackson because they've played tough all the way through and I actually in your position wouldn't be too worried I think the Browns are going to cause a, f- a few people a lot of scares considering mm. that they're not going to win m- many games um, yeah I think you're right I think I there's think a lot of young right. talent there that are not going to win but they're going to play hard Hugh Jackson is a coach who's really trying witness what he was doing with Terrell Pryor and so yeah. um, I'm not predicting you're going to beat the Bengals because you know mm-hmm. I am yeah, we'll see. But um, what I would say is that I don't think, and I've said I've said this a lot because I see them every year. The Browns just can't have nice things. They get their injured players, and I feel so sorry for their fans. But in these great losing streaks, what I think almost makes it worse for them is that although they might lose, they're very seldom abject. Certainly in the start of the season, they're often fighting and competitive. And it seems to me not watching this game but hearing about it and seeing what's on some of the highlights that that's what was going on against you guys yeah they well they, they missed three field goals as well so it, they really could have ended up with the win which 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 they must be kicking themselves that is the uh, most brownsy thing ever though isn't it that they played yeah, this absolutely. well missed three, three field goals and I think an extra point and end up losing the game 
yeah, that's it. Well, they only signed their kicker on Friday night, so it was a, yeah, it was a, yeah, it was one of those where he uh, he just didn't, unfortunately, couldn't uh, couldn't quite. I say unfortunately, quite fortunately for me, couldn't quite uh, live up to what they what they wanted to do. But uh, yeah, with um, they 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 missed that that kick with twenty seconds to go, which took it into overtime, and then JJ uh, scored a, an overtime touchdown to uh, to win it for us. And uh, yeah, I think the the situation with the running backs in in Miami is. Uh, <sighs> I hesitate to use the word worrying, but a little worrying. Um, obviously, Arian Foster's gone uh, off with an injury. Uh, we had JJ who had the had the ump and got got dropped week one. Uh, there was two Pede and another uh, Williams, uh, both got uh, got dropped for week two. They were back for week three, uh, and all three of them sort sort of uh, shared the uh, shared shared the runs. Uh, in week three, so uh, yeah, be interesting to see which way he goes week four. I was saying saying before the season, I think to you that I was surprised that um, Arian Foster was sort of allowed to win the job, even if he was yeah. playing better, because I was worried about the workload as a starting back with his injury history, and given his yeah. skill set, I'd I'd have almost used him as the change of pace third down back, and because mm. he can catch the ball out the backfield and let Jay Ajayi sort of wear down the defence a bit and I quite like Damian Williams I've seen him in prison he's, he's been on and I, I think he's flashed and I, I'd i like to see him come on because I think he, he needs to but um, having watched your team I followed them last season I'm fairly certain in pre-season so I've definitely seen him in games and been relative mm. you know there's no shortage of running back talent but I, I like the looks of him so you know I, 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 I kind of hope for your sake that he comes good mm. what I do like is the fact that Gase is obviously uh, if if you don't perform or you you doesn't feel you're up to it, he's not afraid to drop you. Um, I think he needs to do that and, and assert his authority straight away. Yes, yeah, certainly. Um, I kind of liked um his response to Ajayi sulking about basically, as it seemed to me, about not winning the starters' job. It's like, mm. yeah, no. As I said at the time, no, I don't have any sympathy. You ha- don't have the status to be complaining. You do your job and hope that the coaches know what they're doing yeah well we both picked the Dolphins on this one but as it was uh, so close we both picked it wrong uh, so we should have uh, yeah should have gone with the Browns but as, as you know I will always go for my yeah my Dolphins yeah as <laughs> I said I was very cross about that decision of mine <laughs> to not do it <laughs> Uh, the fourth game and final game that we uh, we both watched was the San Diego Chargers against the Indianapolis Colts. This was a really close game, um, and and the the Colts were going into it looking to uh, avoid going zero and three, which they managed. Uh, they they won the game twenty six points to twenty two. Um, the obviously there was the the, the Pagano brothers, Chuck, uh, the head of the the Colts, uh, and John, the uh, defensive coordinator at the Chargers, uh, were both. Uh, Coaching the uh, the the respective uh, sides of the field, um, but it was it was quite a good game. The uh, the Colts took uh, took some points off the board, though. I hate seeing people do that, but it did pay off. Yeah, um, it's interesting that we talked about this early, earlier in the um, season, and you said no, 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 never. And I said never. what sometimes, and in this case, I was you know they did it and they won out, winning by three points. So yeah, or even four points. But you know they, those four points are the difference between accepting a field goal and going for it and getting a touchdown. So sometimes fortune does favour the brave. Um, I, I must tip my hat to you for your research because even watching the game, um, I know you miss things doing it on condensed, but I haven't picked up on. Uh, um, I didn't know uh, Chuck Pagano had a brother coaching in the NFL. So yeah. I learnt that in your notes. So top research view. It was go. a good game. I have to say that these two teams and the Saints all have seem to be going, we've got great quarterbacks and we don't need to um, worry about anything else. And it is really demonstrating that that's not the case. Add to the fact that the poor Chargers, um, for the third week in the row, have lost um, a starting player to, to for the season to injury. Um, my word, that, that team is snake-bitten at the moment when it comes to injuries. Yeah. 
It, it is, and it's 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 they need some 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 reliable players there to really try and uh, try and give them give them a bit of a kick, don't they? Yeah, I mean the Chargers. Uh, Andrew Duck didn't look like it last season because he was just beat down so much physically because they couldn't protect him that he wasn't able to perform. But um, Philip Rivers is just amazing as a quarterback and, I, and it's is. such a shame that I don't think he's going to get the postseason success that his talent and his work ethic is deserved because there are times yeah. last season I think you remember me talking about when the, that offensive line was so beat up and it was only because he was so good at recognising what was going on and getting the ball out of his hands that they were able to even function as an offence just because he's that talented and yeah, yeah I picked the Colts to win just because I thought zero and two were going to win this season. Uh, you know, I didn't think they were going to go zero and three at home. I thought they might just have enough against this Chargers team, and so it proved. But it really was a close, sort of fun game without anything being overly exciting. If that makes sense. Well, that's it. No, that's, you're absolutely right. The, the couple of stats that, uh, that that struck me after this game was uh, Adam Vinatieri. Just the most reliable player at the kicker in the in the game. Uh, he's not missed a field goal in thirty two attempts now, which is which is crazy. Um, and also, I didn't realise this, but the Colts haven't had a running back make a hundred yards of rushing since two thousand twelve. Yeah, it's not been the focus of the game, and it was always a thing with Peyton Manning that they used to split the runnings up a bit and, and yeah. you know he'd run the ball, but he'd sort of like set up the run with the pass. If you see what I mean, and my mm. big argument and theory about this has always been that you don't set up the pass with the run or the run with the pass you need a valid threat in both and you do whichever yeah. one you do most but you need the other one to keep the defense honest because yeah. you know if they if they sit in two deep shells forcing you to take underneath stuff and they're just begging for you to get your 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 running game out and, and show that you can do it and vice yeah. versa if you only run the ball then they'll just st- stack the box and if you can't pass then you're stuffed so you don't necessarily have to have 100-yard games all the time. And, you know, you look at the Bengals, they'll, they'll split between uh, um, their two running backs and they, neither of them might make 100 yards. So it, it, these days, it's not like the old days where you ran 35 times and got 100 yards, yards if you had a really good back. But, yeah, it is a surprising stat given that's for a four-year span. Mm. Well, it's going to be a... Uh, it, it, was quite a uh, it was quite a good end to the game. Obviously, the, the Chargers are going to be kicking themselves. Um, Henry, their, their, their wide receiver, I can't remember, don't know his first name, um, fumbled the fumbled the ball right towards the end in their in their last kind of do or die drive to try and keep uh, keep the the game alive and, and and all the Colts had to do in the end was was just see out the clock. But uh, yeah, there was four lead changes during the second half. But uh, it all ended up with a yeah, a twenty six points twenty two victory uh, for the Colts and uh, we we both picked the, picked them and we and we're correct. Yes, I think you're talking about Hunter Henry, their um, rookie tight end who's. Um... Being pretty good, it has to be said. But yeah, ball ball can, ball security always a big thing, and you know you learn by these mistakes. Um, yeah. We'll see how the, the Chargers do, and we'll definitely see how the Colts do in London this week. Absolutely. Well, let's have a look at the uh, the rest of the games uh, this week. Then uh, in Buffalo, the Bills picked up their first win of the season in, in emphatic style. Uh, Rex Ryan's men pulled off a shock victory on Sunday night, beating the Arizona Cardinals by thirty three points to eighteen. The Tennessee Titans couldn't capitalise on the momentum they built last week uh, against the Raiders. Uh, the Raiders uh, came away with the win, and the final score was 17 points to 10. In a very close game in East Rutherford, the New York Giants and the Washington Redskins put on a show. Uh, the visitors went away victorious, though, with the Redskins winning by 29 points to 27 to get their first win of the season. There was another close game uh, going on in Jacksonville uh, between the Jaguars and the Ravens, but in the end, the Ravens got the win. Uh, their 19-17 win saw Baltimore leave unbeaten for the season so far, while the Jaguars are one of four teams yet to pick up a win. 
In an all-NFC North class, the Detroit Lions made the short trip to Lambeau Field to face Green Bay. Uh, the Packers opened up a 31-3 lead just before half-time, but a big comeback from the Lions and the Packers only managing to score a field goal in the second half meant it ended fairly close. The final score was 27 points to 34 to the Packers. The Vikings showed off their scary-looking defence against the Panthers and got the win while they were at it. The Panthers got all 10 of their points in the first 10 minutes, uh, but Supercam would go on to be sacked eight times, uh, losing 64 yards, one of which was uh, led to a safety, so Gio will be happy. I do like a safety. <laughs> the game ended 22-10 to Minnesota. Uh, the LA Rams continued to surprise the critics and they got themselves 2-1 two, two and one this week with a win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers despite a lengthy delay due to lightning. Uh, they are currently top of the NFC West and they're uh, not playing the BS football that uh, Jeff Fisher wanted them to avoid. Uh, the final score was 37 points to 32. Despite Russell Wilson missing a large chunk of the game uh, with an injured ankle, the Seattle Seahawks managed to pick up a convincing home victory over the San Francisco 49ers by 18 points to 37. The Jets managed just one field goal against the Chiefs on uh, Sunday night, and in, in a pretty poor offensive performance, uh, the Chiefs forced eight turnovers uh, and returned a fumble uh, for an interception into the end zone for, for touchdowns. Uh, and the final score was 24 points to three. Uh, mind you, New York Jets supporting friend has told me I'm not allowed to predict a, Jet, a Jets win ever again. Does that cover me as well? <laughs> I don't know. I think he's uh, just focused on me, but he probably does as well. You, you might want to check in with him. I, I, I don't want to be, you know, feel like, like you're, have your friend feel like I'm, I'm causing him problems. I shall certainly check. Uh, incredibly, the Pittsburgh Steelers, a team with Antonio Brown, Big Ben Roethlisberger and D'Angelo Williams, also managed to score only three points on Sunday. Uh, they were playing against the now 3-0 and Philadelphia Eagles, led by Carson Wentz, uh, who once again uh, put up some good numbers, and the final score was 34 points to three. Uh, in the late game on Sunday, the Bears met the Cowboys in Dallas. Um, as uh, most predicted, the Cowboys came away with a win in this one, with rookie uh, Ezekiel Elliott rushing for 140 yards. Uh, the final score was 31-17. And on Monday night, the Saints failed to get their season back on track as they hosted the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, this one ended up being one of the highest scoring games of the week, but the Falcons were uh, the ones heading back to Atlanta with the win by 45 points to 32. Good week, wasn't it? Yeah, lots of interesting storylines. Um, plenty to discuss. I don't know if you've any got any things that particularly jumped out at you. A couple of bits. Loath as I am to um, go to the headline drama. I mean, I'm sure everybody will have heard about the fact that Odell Beckham Jr. lost a fight with a field goal net. <laughs> yeah, well, the field goal net was not the only thing that uh, ended up beating uh, Odell Beckham Jr. Um, he... He did. You, did you see Josh Norman uh, pick him up, just catch him mid air and carry him into carry him out of play? No, I missed that. I shall ridiculous, <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> oh, um, there's a lot of talk about his emotional. Um, I was always about to say stability, but that's not fair. But how um, he had sort of like a meltdown on the sideline, and he cares so much that um, he needs to learn to control that and focus that a bit. So mm. it does seem to be if there's an Achilles heel and an exceptional receiver, then that is it. Well, it wasn't all bad for him. He got uh, he became the first player to, uh, or the fastest player to make two hundred career receptions. Yeah, um, no one's doubting his talent. Um, I just think it, to be the best player on your team, also, you ideally want that player to be a leader. And it, I just do worry about some of the stuff stuff that's going on in and around him, and, and he needs to channel that emotion rather than killing it because you can't you know change who you are as a person but mm. i just feel like he needs to focus it a little well one thing i i wondered whether he'd gone to uh, to play defense for the ravens but it wasn't it was cj mosley uh, a huge uh, one-handed falling backwards interception 
Uh, it was, it was that, I don't know if you saw that one either. The thing for me about CJ Mosley is I'm quite impressed by him as a linebacker, but yeah, that's not the kind of play I usually associate with him, I have to say. No, that's it, absolutely. And uh, one one thing that's uh, that's just come through literally as I'm uh, as I'm recording this, uh, Des Bryant has apparently got a hairline fracture in his knee, uh, so he's going to be, uh, he's, he's, it looks like he's it's, he will probably uh, miss Sunday. Oh, blimey. I mean, I'd heard that um, he, he had an injury but I had no idea how long it is and a hairline fracture you can be out for a while I'm mm. I mean the good news is it's not his foot where I had mine um <laughs> but but that put me out for yeah but that put me out for three months it can take like a good four six weeks just to get that knitted possibly so we'll have to keep an eye on that one and see see what proper medical experts have to say about it absolutely it's a fan Right, it's time to have a look at the blog and see what G's been writing about this week. So uh, your article this week was a very snappily titled Everybody Has a Plan Until You Hit Them in the Mouth. Uh, now, I immediately thought you were having a breakdown, but apparently it turns out you were writing an interesting piece uh, talking about how things haven't necessarily uh, gone to plan with the NFL so far this year. What's uh, what, have you, what have you found? Well, I mean, the focus for me on that was, and I'll confess, it's, it's not the best human being that I stole that quote from. Um, <laughs> it, it just happened to be the most snappy because it was, um, believe it or not, it was Mike Tyson, uh, Mike Tyson quote. Um, there, are, It's a variation on various ones about battle plans, not um, not surviving the first contact with the enemy but trying to avoid war references which i tend to feel nfl coverage was overloaded with i ended up picking yeah a dubious character to say the least but it's a snappy quote and what i really meant by it was that everybody has a plans and it's important to make plans but if you just rigidly stick to those plans then things fall apart and nothing no more better example of that for in a sporting context than nfl we've got so many players and so many things happening already and i was able to just pull a line between things like Teddy Bridgewater's knee um, horrific knee injury in practice and suddenly you've got trades mm. and suddenly Carson Wentz is um, starting in Philadelphia when he wasn't meant to and Sam Bradford is suddenly um, playing excellently in the Vikings and the Vikings are 3-0 and and it was just developing those themes of how nothing is quite going how to plan because that's the way the world is yeah well, uh, you're going to watch this week for your coaching take. You're going to have a look at the uh, the Texans and the the Patriots, aren't you? And, and specifically, JJ Watt. Yes, I was just as I mentioned earlier with the with having heard the discussion about oh oh yes they have they always play um, JJ Watt well and knowing Bill Belichick is known for his his game planning. I was just curious to see how they cope with him. So yeah, I've started the first quarter of that and I'm I'm through the first quarter of that game and I'm looking forward to writing about it this weekend. Brilliant. I'm looking forward to reading it. Well, um, for all of that and much more, make sure you stay tuned to the blog for uh, more from G. It can be found at thewrongfootball.com. Are you ready for some football? Okay, let's uh, move on to our picks for week four then. It's the uh, it's a big week for us, isn't it? This first game, uh, Miami Dolphins taking the uh, taking the, the trip to Cincinnati to play the Bengals and it's the it's a Thursday night game. Yes, and somehow you've stolen the Bengals orange in the colour rush. So I'm not sure how you feel about those jerseys. I really rather like the Snow Tiger ones. Yeah, I, I do. I, I think it's a really clean look. I'm hoping they sell them because I really, genuinely, I they really, do. really like that. And, you know, I'm uh, wondering do. if I might have to get a Geno Atkins colour rush one because I really like mm-hmm. that lineup. As for the game, I think with Burfitt coming back as being at home, I, I think they're going to look at it as a get right game. Tyler Eifert possibly back. Um, I'm worried about the line. I, I'm not sure we should be six and a half points points favourites against anybody at the bit, bit, but I'm hopeful for a win. Sorry, mate. Yeah, that's okay. Well, you, you're not going to get the win. Uh, Dolphins are clearly going to win this one, uh, and as as such, I will be uh, picking the Dolphins. Well, I think you might be covering in a loss, but you know, we shall see. <laughs> 
Uh, the second game, this this one's the, uh, the the first London game of the year. Three London games this year, and this is the uh, the, the the first one, uh, and it's at Wembley. It's the Jags hosting the Colts. Uh, two and a half point head start given to the Jags. Is that enough? Uh, see, here's the thing. I'm trying not to step on the thing I'm writing for tomorrow. Um, <laughs> but um, here's the stat that jumps out at me. Um, only three teams since 1990, when the um, playoff format was expanded, have made the playoffs since yeah. since going 0 and 3. Everybody thought that the Jaguars had to be at least competing to get into the divisional playoff, you know, to get into the playoffs for Gus Bradley to keep his job. Everybody thought it was a step on. This last week I thought was a must win, and they were at home and they didn't um, get it. Mm. They're now on the road in London. Okay, it's a home situation and very used to it, but I'm I'm not sure that they're going to do it. I mean, they won their first game in London last year. Um, Whether they'll get a win in this one, but I've not seen anything that convinces me that the Colts can't do it. Other, other, particularly as their offense isn't particularly firing, and and that's the obvious weakness of the Colts. Yeah, I I I think I I think I'm going to go for the Colts. um, I think on this one, Uh, it's going to be a close one though. I think it's going to be a really close game. Yeah. Quite looking forward to seeing. Yeah, it. no, I think it should be competitive and you know a, a good showpiece for the fans down in London. Yeah, uh, well, one surprise team this year has been the Panthers. Uh, they're one and two going into uh, into week four. They've got the Falcons this week, and the Falcons get two and a half points on them. Um, home dog. I've, I'm leaning fairly strongly Panthers. I have to confess. Really? Uh, yeah, the Vikings I think are just that good, and that defense is scary. And yeah. the the Falcons' offense is good, but I don't think the the Panthers' defense is necessarily bad. If you see what I mean, they you know mm. they lost twenty two ten, and the Falcons' defense is not good. Look what the um, Saints did to them. So um, I kind of fancy the Panthers to get things back on track a bit this week. Yeah. Um... Buffalo Bills. Oh, I didn't say who I was going to go for, did I? Uh, I think I'm also going to go for the Panthers. Um, yeah, it's a uh, yeah. I think it's going to be a good game, but uh, I, I'm going to go for the uh, for the Panthers. Um, the next game, I, I should, given what I was saying earlier, uh, and that I didn't think that uh, that the Patriots were going to go four and zero without uh, Tom Brady. Uh, I should be going for the Bills, but I can't bring myself to do it. I'm really worried by this line. This line is an excellent placed line for me in terms of, do I think the Patriots will win by a touchdown against the Bills? Um, yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think I think they will. Um, what, what, are you, what are you thinking? I'm just, uh, 4-0 is exceptional. He's very good, but Rex Ryan just beat the Cardinals and I really wasn't expecting to do that. That said, they're on the... They're on the road. The Patriots never lose at home. Um, yeah, okay. I'll, I, I have more faith in Bill Belichick than Rex Ryan for obvious reasons. Mm. Uh, well, it's not very often that uh, I get to pick. I can pick the Lions, um, but against the Bears this week, going into this week, they they travel to the to the Bears, go to Chicago for this one. I can't see anything other than a, than a Lions win on this. I don't know if the Lions are getting any of their defensive starters back, but I'm not sure if it matters with the way the Bears misfind it. They've got a huge yeah. injury list. If you go to Pro Football Reference and look at the injuries on the Bears, it just goes on forever. Um, so, yeah, I think think it's a Lions win all the way on that one. Mm. Uh, well, the, the Browns took us close last week. What do you What do you think for, for this one? They're playing I, the, the uh, Washington Redskins. I am very surprised that the, that the um, DC Grudens are... Um, need to win by nine points to cover. I don't yeah, see him doing it. I'll be honest. No, I, I, I'm not sure. I do. I'm not sure. I see them winning by that much. I think I th- I'm going to probably pick the uh, uh, pick the Browns to cover. Yeah, I think mm. I think so. Um, 
Titans-Texans is the next game. What do you, what do you think on that one? Six and a half points, head start to the I Titans. I think that's a lot of points to give a team it coming is. off a 27 nothing loss. Yeah. And Ooh. that said, these teams do not like each other, or at least the Texans don't, because um, the Titans are the franchise that were moved from Houston versus Houston Oilers, as was. Mm. And so, you know, this is a big game, for at least for Texans fans' minds. But... That defense has been doing well for the Titans, and whilst I think the Texans might run out as winners, I'm not sure they're going to run away with it by a touchdown. I'm finding that no. one a tough pick. I don't think they will. I think I'm going to pick the Titans on this. Mm, interesting. I think I might be joining you. Yeah. Um, Raiders, Ravens. Ooh. Yeah, this is another one. The Ravens are the Ravens like the quietest three and team ever. Yeah, very much so. Very, very hearing very little. Yeah, in fact, that said, a lot of fans are talking about how well they are actually playing in the schedule that they've had. But um, they, they, but they're eking out wins. I trust their head coach. The Raiders are very iffy up and down, and they're on the road. So that half point might lead me to pick Raiders, but I'm not sure about it at all. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to have a little think on this one. Yeah, I'm not it, sure it's, which it's way a, I'm going to go. Uh, I, I think I might be leaning Raiders, but very reluctantly, you know, I could revert to the Ravens. Yeah, I, I oh, I'm not sure on that. Hmm, I'm not, I'm not sure on this this next one either. Seahawks Jets. I know I'm not. I've been told I'm not allowed to pick the Jets, but uh, given the Seahawks' problems, well, I, I would hmm. have you point out to your friend that for the integrity of our game to 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 withstand any to, to <laughs> yeah, function at all, I can't you... always pick the Dolphins and always not pick the Jets. Yes, but this just just completely blows the competition out of the water. Um, but yeah, it's a very tricky game because which. Um, Jets offense is going to turn up um, I'm amazed that you managed to not mention Fitzpatrick's six interceptions it was almost like a masterpiece of demonstrating how to throw every type of interception um, <laughs> but that said you've got a hobbled um, Russell Wilson that we're not sure sure if he'll start or how effective he'll be against a scary New York Jets defensive front um, yeah. they've already down one or two in the division, you know, they won't want to fall away from the playoff race in the AFC. Um, mm. I'm really not sure about this one. No, I I, I think I'm going to go Jets, but I, I don't know. Again, like you say, it depends which, which Jets turns up. Yeah, but home underdogs, three and a half points. It's a you know, from a, from a purely from a sort of points perspective, yeah, that's, a, that's a nice situation. Three and a half. I don't buy into this three points malarkey that you were. Uh, that you go on with about every week. I'm, I'm, I don't go along with it. I don't think it's as cut and dry as that. This is a right for those of you not understand what he's complaining about. From a traditional um, um, line setting step, uh, you would expect two even te- with two even teams. The home team would have minus three. That's a six and a half point swing to the Seahawks. I'm not sure that they're good for that on the road given their circumstances. No, no, I, I don't buy into it. But I'm I'm going to go for the Jets. I think. Um, the Broncos uh, go to Tampa Bay to play the Buccaneers. Uh, oh, only three and a half points. Bucks. Three and a half points given to the. The Bucks worry Bucks. me because um, we're getting a lot of talk about um, Cutter not necessarily being a great head coach, talking about time management issues. Meanwhile, the Broncos keep rolling on. They're three and zero already. They just beat the Bengals, who I think are a better team than the Bucks by double digits. Um, I fancy the Broncos to cover this fairly strongly. Yeah, I think this is the probably one of the easier uh, lines of the week. 
Um, the Cowboys travel to San Francisco uh, and get two and a half, uh, and the the, the 49ers given two and a half points. Yeah, um, I don't think that's enough points. Um, the 49ers uh, are not doing well, and the Cowboys seem to be coming good. I think that's a fairly straightforward cover for them. You mm. watch me be wrong, but... <laughs> Yeah, well, if you are wrong, then I'm going to be wrong as well because I'm going to go for the Cowboys. Uh, the Rams uh, they go to, they travel to the to the Cardinals uh, this year, last year. This would have been a very very easy pick, but I'm not so sure this year. I have no idea. We don't know what's going on with Carson Barmer. He's throwing a lot of interceptions, but he's at home this week against the Rams team that I can't predict. I have but eight and a half points. Yeah, I have no clue. Yeah, because I can see this either the Rams running out winners. Yeah. Or the Cardinals winning a close one, or just going, let's get this sorted and blowing them away. Um, um, this line, I'm finding this one tricky. I don't know how you're finding it, but I, I do not like that line at all. No, it's a thinker. It's it's one I'm not gonna I'm not going to nail my nail my uh, hat to any any colours this uh, to, not today. I'll uh, I'll have a think about it before the weekend. Fair enough. Uh, Saints Chargers. I well, the Saints are going into this zero three. Chargers, I mean, they lost on Sunday, but they didn't look too bad. I, I, I think I'm going to go for the Chargers. Uh, yeah, I think so too. Um, I have more faith in them at home than I do in the Saints' defense, which is the bit that worries me. But that's still a lot. That's mm. still quite a lot of points um, for yeah, that. It is for a team that aren't very good. So <laughs> I think I lean Chargers, but I will be very hesitant, and I wouldn't be surprised if I changed my mind. Yeah. Um. Well, the the late game on Sunday uh, is the the Chiefs playing the Steelers, uh, and the Steelers have five and a half points taken off them, and that's I mean for a team that only scored three points last week. Yeah, I mean, but I'm going that's, Chiefs. That's got to be a blip, though. Um, well, it, well, it will be. Yeah, I mean, when was the last time that the, the Steelers only scored three? I I have a lot more faith in um, the Eagles' pass rush than I do in the Chiefs' pass rush at the moment. Um, mm. The Steelers will want to make amends. They're at home. I think it could be a cracking game, but five and a half points is a bit much for me. Maybe in this game, I sort of want to pick Steelers, but that might be too many points. That's where I'm leaning right now. But we'll see how I feel when I write it up. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm going. I'm going Chiefs. I think. I, I think I've got, I've got to go Chiefs. Uh, the and then this the final game, uh, the Monday night game, is the Giants playing the Vikings uh, and getting a getting a four and a half point head start. Uh, it's got to be. It's got to be Vikings. This one. They look so strong this year. They really do. The defense is playing so well. Um, yeah, I fancy the Vikings in this one. Could be wrong, but um, yeah, the points may give me a slight pause. But I'm definitely leaning Vikings. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. Making your you, dad uh, very happy. <laughs> That's it. Well, after week three, uh, it's it was uh, well, it was neck and neck this week, wasn't it? We got five points each, uh, so it ended up at it's, we are at twenty one eighteen, which is uh, crazy considering the uh, the amount of games that have been so far. Yeah, five and eleven for both of us this week. I mean, we said that there are a lot of strange results, and um, boy, did it show in our picks. Certainly did. I felt that one way up here. Well, that's all we've got time for on this episode of the Wrong Football Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us again this week. Uh, I'm on holiday next week, and G's busy working on his book, so it's going to be a uh, bit of a different podcast next week, but uh, we will endeavour still to uh, have something up for you next Thursday night to uh, enjoy and listen to in the uh, in the run-up to the uh, the Thursday night game. Uh, in the meantime, make sure you uh, like and subscribe to the podcast, get it delivered straight to you each Thursday night, and also make sure you check out the blog to keep up with what G's up to during the week. That's at thewrongfootball.com. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, make sure you either drop us 
us an email to twfpodcast at outlook.com or find either G or myself on Twitter at wrongfootball or at twfdan. Thanks for listening and we'll see you again next week. Ah!